welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are talking about Daredevil, Season 1, Episode 2, Cutman, which originally aired on April 10th, 2015. And as always, here's our IMDb summary. Murdoch makes a near-fatal error while trying to save a kidnapped boy and finds an unlikely ally when he needs saving himself. Dun-dun-dun? <gasps> <laughs> More question in that one? Alright. Um, so last episode we talked a little bit about the behind-the-scenes stuff. I want to talk, start us off by talking a little bit about the... Uh, the opening credit sequence, like all the symbols and stuff. Well, not all the symbols. That'd be way too long. But <laughs> talk about the symbols in that. Um, for the uh, what do you get from the opening title sequence? Why do you think it's important? Maybe you're asking me. I'm. Asking <laughs> um. So, like, I. I mean. I, I never really look too far into these things, um, especially yeah. like an opening, you know, credit scene, an intro of a, of of any show really. Um, I I mean, from what I see, it's it's blood dripping onto things to reveal objects that are invisible. So are they are they saying that Daredevil sees in blood, and it's showing the things that are important to Matt Murdock? Uh, let's see. We see the uh, city of New York. I think we see. Was it the? I forget what it is. The the Justice Lady. I, I forget what, what yeah. it's actually called. Uh, lady, is it Lady Justice? I don't know. The you know the blind woman, yeah. just as a yeah. blind person. Yeah, yeah. I know who exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I didn't look into it too much, but um, that's pretty much all I remember to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um. Something, I was talking to my sister about this, because my sister is a very devout Catholic. And uh, she, I, I had her watch some of the show, because, you know, it's a Catholic superhero. She might like it. She didn't. But, <laughs> but we talked a little about this, that um, I think the red stuff isn't exactly blood. It could be the red wax. And the red candles in uh, Catholic traditions is symbolizing transubstantiation from human to god like from jesus when he became went up to heaven so um i think it probably represents him becoming a symbol or more than a human oh interesting okay yeah that would make a lot of sense if it's uh if that's what it is yeah mm -hmm. i don't know I just i find that stuff interesting sometimes and we don't get to, there's not a lot of symbolism in marvel <laughs> it's deep in some ways, but not... <laughs> I just like that type of stuff. That's very true, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright, let's get into the show. Uh, instead of jumping around to the multiple storylines, we've got two main present-day storylines and a whole crapload of flashbacks. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start off just running down all five of the flashbacks. So, we're gonna mess with uh, the order of my notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I put it in our community notes. It's not my fault you didn't look at it. But don't worry, I didn't look at yours. So Okay, that's good. I, I looked at it this time. I just I just didn't care. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I hope. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. If I don't talk that much this episode, you know why. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll I'll throw you random curveball questions like I did with the um the credit sequence. Ah, damn it! You're gonna be like that teacher who I always like, you know, always hope that they never call on me. Don't call on me. Don't call on me. Damn it! You're the only yeah. one in class. We got rid of half the class a few weeks ago. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have to ask uh, one more time. What was the question? Yeah. We gotta think of it in like a, a good way to word it. But they mm-hmm. they know they know you. Please want please question. restate the question in your answer. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> Flashback one. Uh, we see uh, Badlin Jack Murdoch uh, lose a fight that he was previously winning. And uh, my thought initially is like, well, he uh, it looks like he, th- he threw the fight. And then at the end of the flashback, it shows he's got like a few thousand dollars now. So, yeah, pretty, pretty sure he, he threw the fight. Um, we also see that uh, Matt Matt has to patch up his dad, right? He's his dad's cut man, hence the title of the episode. Hey, oh, that's what that is. Did they say the name Cut Man, or were we no, supposed to? No, but I, okay. I watched the Rocky movies the other day, so I know what a cut man is. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, he's uh, right. he's the person who takes care of the cuts and stuff when someone's bleeding. Um, also, oh. I learned from Rocky that. Even at like non-major boxing rings, they have doctors there. So shouldn't he have gotten patched up there instead of coming home bleeding on the subway or the taxi or however he got home? <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, what what year is this supposed to take place? The eighties. I mean, I I guess. Well. How how old is Matt supposed to be? He just how long does it take to get your law degree? <laughs> I I mean I just kind of always assume it's something like uh like similar to a doctor. So let's say he's twenty five. No, say he's twenty five. So I mean, this would be like nine in the nineties. That's true, because that would make him five years younger than us. Well, as of right now, well, so I guess if he's twenty-five, so he'd be then. two years younger than us. Because this was three so years. So he'd have been okay. Yeah. So then it would have been he would have been born in ninety-one. Oh, he's my wife's age. Okay. Okay. So so yeah. what? What do you think? He's twelve right here, maybe. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, if he's twelve, then that would be early two thousands. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, his heart. I can't. I can't no, like I cannot it, believe. I cannot believe he is just twenty-five. <laughs> oh, I no, cannot no. believe that Sky is three years older than him. Because remember, Sky is our age. She was born in eighty-eight. That's right. So, well, here I'm trying to I'm trying to look up how old the actor is, Charlie Cox. So I'm really and then sorry. Subtract like three years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So he is. Oh, I didn't know he's English. Okay. Uh, he was born yeah. in London. Um, his birthday is December fifteenth of nineteen eighty-two. So he is as of today, thirty-six. Okay. So he's thirty-three at the time. Okay. Okay. So I mean, then this would this would still probably be the nineties if he was yeah. twelve. That would put it at ninety-four. Well, okay, for some reason I thought he was younger. But okay, yeah, that, that's oh, still... Okay. That's I still mean, I'm not okay. sure how old he is. Yeah. 
So it's always okay. hard for me to tell how old kids are in movies and TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I always say that about myself because I'm not around children on a regular basis. But you're you're around them normally. Then again, I guess yeah. Hollywood stuff, right? They give them a bunch of makeup yeah. and they yeah. just tell I mean, them to play this, whatever this kid, age. This yeah. kid's preteen. He's between 10 and 12. So it's either okay. like 92, 93, 94. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So... All right, you know now that now that we're talking about this, like it, it's interesting because like you know the comics, you know him as a kid, he, I mean his childhood was in like the '30s or something, right? I don't actually know, but I'm just choosing uh, a decade yeah, at 40, random. '40s or '50s, probably '40s. Okay, so in the comics, his childhood '40s, '50s, something like that, and so mm-hmm. um, the scenery and all that, as far as this goes, kind of does make sense for that time frame, right? Like his. Yeah, his home growing up, or you know where his dad's at, the boxing ring. I assume that's probably accurate to the time frame of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess the question is, would that be accurate to the mid nineties? I have no clue. Again, my <laughs> boxing experience is this and the Rocky movies, so. <laughs> I don't. And the Rocky movies, if you watch all eight of them now, because including Creed, they skip over the entire 90s. It goes through the 80s in Rocky V, and then Rocky Balboa is in 2006. So I have no <laughs> idea. That's a whole dark period in my knowledge of <laughs> non-professional boxing. Ah, Minor right, league I... boxing. I'm sure that's what they call it. Alright, I've, I've only seen one of the Rocky movies, and I really want to watch Creed, uh, I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. But, okay. Maybe now that Creed 2 is coming out, I'll finally watch the first one. I bought it Black Friday like a year ago, Creed, on Blu-ray. Oh. Never mm-hmm. watched it. <laughs> and then I haven't I haven't watched the Rocky movies since Rocky Balboa came out in 2006. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm re-watching them. Then I'm going to watch Creed and then Creed 2. Eventually, ah. maybe. Well, probably not. I have these big <laughs> dreams and they never pan out. Big dreams of watching eight movies. Well, you know, reach for the stars, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Flashback two. So we've, <laughs> the next flashback is actually a flash forward a little bit of time. Because uh, he's blind. <laughs> Wait, he's in, since when? He, uh, since the first scene of the first episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. I just forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, um, the only thing that happens here, well, obviously, he is going through a terribly traumatic experience, and his he can't control his super hearing. He just hears everything, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to suck. Yeah, that I, that has to have taken time to get used to, too, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I am easily distracted if something around me is making like any other sounds. Like I love reading, but I need to be in a closed, quiet room, or else I cannot do anything at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I would never ever get anything done if I were <laughs> if I had super hearing. I would just be distracted all the time. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So now flashback three. We go to Fogwell's gym where we saw adult Matt at the end of the last episode. Uh, he's learning some braille, and also um, his dad is practicing fighting. 
and he finds out that uh, he gets like waved over by these two really upstanding gentlemen who uh, want, who got arranged a really nice fight between him and Crusher Creel. <gasps> yeah. Which makes me think, how old is Crusher Creel? <laughs> because Crusher Creel, <laughs> as we know, is the absorbing man from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He doesn't look that old. Yeah, so, you know, it It didn't, or I didn't uh, put two and two together until you said that just now. Uh, mm-hmm. Until you said his name. <laughs> um, huh. Well, I mean, it could fit. I mean, if if he's 10, let's say 15 years older than Matt, then that would put him in his late 40s, early 50s. I could buy that, that he would still be around. And he probably, like, absorbs a lot of lotion to keep Mm -hmm. him young looking. Yeah, I guess. Also, you gotta take care of your health, right? You probably eat vegetables. Yeah, Creel, Creel is a like up and comer, and um, Jack is kind of was he like washed out? He's an older boxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So even if he's like in his young twenties, right, like twenty two mm-hmm. or something, that's he's only ten years older than than Matt. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Jack, but uh, these two guys tell Jack that he's going to throw the fight in the fifth. Though Jack kind of refuses at first, but then he gets scared by these guys, so he he says it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're very uh, very pushy. Those yeah. those two guys, yeah. <laughs> and then we go to uh, the next flashback, flashback four, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we get Matt studying, which he seems to do a lot. He uh, reads a quote by uh, Third Grade Third Good Marshall. Who who does his dad think he is? Third Good Marshall. He makes him joke. Oh, uh, he does. I don't remember. Um, I was really hoping you wouldn't call on me to ask that question. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, then I'll ask you this: Do you know who Third Good Marshall is? Damn it! I know the name, and I'm trying to remember. Um. Was he a social? Uh, I don't want to say like a social up and uh, pers- uh, eh, you know, you just go ahead and describe him. I'll see. He, he was see the which first African. He uh-huh. was the first African American Supreme Court justice. Ah, I wasn't yeah. gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was. Uh, he reads part of his acceptance speech for when he was appointed. And the, pretty much the basic gist of it is you must be stronger than the fear you feel type stuff, which is a big theme for this show. Mm-hmm. Not being scared of spiders. Yeah. Yep. Hey, it worked <laughs> out for Spider-Man. That's he true. scared. I mean, he got bit, but it worked out for him. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been scared and he just had to spend so much time around them now that he's he's just not not scared anymore. Well, you know, Spider-Man, we'll cover this in a long time, um, but Spider-Man doesn't get <laughs> work with spiders that often. I think he worked with spiders once, and then he's done. So now he's just trying to tell people that that's what he is, so people don't, like, throw spiders at him. Because then he really will be scared and run away. Yeah, I mean, that's his, that's his greatest fear. <laughs> so... 
Spider-Man's greatest fear is what he may become. <laughs> so, I feel like Superman should rename himself Kryptonite Man. And then everyone be well, like, oh, he is Kryptonite. So I guess I guess we won't try to use that as a weapon against him. Yeah. And then well, it worked for Batman. Batman <laughs> um, is afraid of bats, apparently. And that's why he's Batman. <laughs> yep. All right, there we yeah, go. It only took us three... Settings. Only took us three heroes to get to a, to a real example. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, the thing is afraid of everything. It's a terrible life for him. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, Jack uh, gets mm-hmm. some new boxing gear. Oh, he fancy. gets a, a red robe, which you know, mm-hmm. the red might might come back later in the show. Who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, Matt gives him the same advice that Deadpool gives. It's like, <laughs> at least you're wearing red. It hides the blood. Uh-huh. The kid knows his <laughs> stuff. Yep. <laughs> and then um, Matt inspires Jack that Murdoch's always get up. So Jack decides to bet on himself and puts uh, all the money if he wins in the account for Matt. And calls a mysterious woman who tell, and tells him that Matt will need his help. You know, it's a good wow. thing he actually wins, too, later, right? Otherwise, yeah. this could have gone really bad. Cause... If, he doesn't go, if he doesn't go down the fifth, but still loses in the seventh, and then no money, and what happens, happens. Yeah, pretty much. Um, hmm. I'm kind of curious about the the amount of money he bet. So, I don't actually know if they ever go into it, but do they say like in later in the season or something that like how much money his dad bet or no? Okay. But it's enough to get him through law school. Okay, that's what I was assuming. Yeah, it has to have been a lot. And so, do you think his dad like bet? just with money he had or was he like well i think if this all works out i'm gonna die so screw it i'll bet a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> i mean jack doesn't seem strike me as a smart man but that would be a smart <laughs> idea he's uh-huh. gonna die either way <laughs> yeah <laughs> as we uh find out in the final flashback flashback five mm-hmm. that he defeats crusher creel and wins! Ooh. Yay! And everyone's yelling, Murdoch, Murdoch, and his hesitance to leave because he's so proud is probably why he couldn't escape and he dies. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not true. Uh-huh. But he does get shot dead. And Matt finds him, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And Matt even wakes yeah. up to it. Yeah. Which, I'm... that one was a little weird, but... It's it's New York in the nineties or this nebulous area in between nineteen sixty four and now. <laughs> um, so don't you think there are like a lot of gunshots happening in New York City? <laughs> yeah, that was probably just a random gunshot, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, well, I guess I'm awake now." Hey, where's Dad? Oh, maybe I should go yeah. check in on him. And then he just happens to find his dad's dead body. I I do, I don't like it because it's sad. But the cop, <laughs> the cop who goes who stops it's like you can't go here, and the other cop goes, "Come on, man, the kid's blind. 
Oh, I guess blind people can go everywhere now. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't walk into that safe full of money. Come on, dude. The kid's blind. All right, go ahead. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lion in that cage. God, dude, he's blind. Oh, I'm so sorry, kid. Go right on. <laughs> I mean, the, the kid will be fine. The lion will will be nice to him because he's blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe his dad will come back to life because he's blind. <gasps> Maybe. Oh, that was sad. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't work out that way. Way to end that on All a depressing right. note. Jeez. <laughs> So Foggy and Karen. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I love Foggy's song so much. If I could find it by itself, that will be our closing track for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, Foggy is I don't know if he's drunk or he's just like silly. <laughs> it's I was wondering that too, because this was like before him and Karen go out and really start getting wasted, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I don't know. Was he acting I drunk think... at that moment? Because I, I couldn't tell. I'm bad at this. No, I don't think he was acting drunk. He was just seeing like that, which is what a drunk person would do. But it's, to be honest, it's probably what I would do if I thought I were alone, just seeing his stupid stuff. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Then yeah. All right. That's a. Then that's it. Okay. Sober Foggy Saints. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Karen eventually lets herself be known that she's there. <laughs> Which and, is nice of her. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she, after some poking and prodding, she reveals that she can't go home because there's a stain on our carpet and a dent in the wall. And to be fair, there's a stain in my apartment and a dent on my wall, but those are both my mistakes. <laughs> not not from murders and attempted murders so I guess it's a little different mm-hmm. yeah so they decide they're going to go drinking all night which is yeah. you know the best solution especially if you both have a job to do tomorrow like lawyering and secretary for lawyering well I mean Foggy's like the boss and Karen's going drinking with the bus, so I think she has a good excuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, know, it's not fair because Matt, I'm assuming, is in bed asleep right now, getting a full night rest. He's going to show up tomorrow to work, and they're just going to be hungover, and that's not fair to him. Yeah, exactly. They're such horrible teammates, employee mates, co co work co lawyers, partners, oh, yeah, co workers, partner go. and. <laughs> Yeah. They're law partners. Ah, okay. <laughs> and separate and employee. It it has their names on the the front. Mhm. On on the Manila folder that's taped to the door. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh they end up going to Josie's bar, which is a hangout from the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh And they decide well, Foggy decides that they drink for free there. And Josie disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> and only one of them is right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, to illustrate how 
not dangerous the um the city is foggy kind of goes through a list of all these people who he knows from the bar and it reminds me of uh have you ever seen Shaun of the dead yes but it's been a very long time yeah um when Sean, Simon Pig's character, is depressed that he broke up, he's uh, um, talking about he doesn't want to end up like a loser in this bar. And his friend Nick Frost tells him about all these like mysteries and mysterious stories about the people who are in the bar. And <laughs> I was like, I want Foggy to do that. Just make up stories for all these people. Because I <laughs> believe him for most of that stuff. He might have. Yeah. Do we know? But they're not funny. That's true. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I don't. I, we don't know. But I'm assuming since they're not they're not funny and don't try to make her laugh, except for the guy who ended up actually being a criminal. <laughs> uh, it, you know, what was it the second guy he was describing? I think he said, "Oh yeah, that guy's harmless. His wife works at the dry cleaner shop around the corner." That was it. He didn't say mm. anything about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's not helpful i guess yeah, also he just he said his drugs. wife yeah he sells drugs on this corner but his mm-hmm. wife works around the corner mm-hmm. yeah i guess you see that's true he doesn't talk about that guy <laughs> the first guy i think we, he had an actual like something good i don't remember what it was but yeah mm-hmm. well they drink there for i guess a long time i don't know does New York have last call at two a.m. Uh, no. Um, I know trying... the city never sleeps. Uh, yeah, it's that's what they say. Uh, so I was in, so I was in New York, um, in Manhattan for vacation a month, a month and a half ago, and mm-hmm. where we were, where we kept going, my wife and I, um, like the bars would close at like midnight or something or oh. one on like friday through saturday i think um okay. there were some other bars that we saw that would keep going till like 4 a.m but okay uh but i think that they don't have a last call at like 2 a.m. i don't think they have like a state requirement for the okay. or like a state law that says the time yeah i think well, maybe it's like 6 to 7 a.m or something is what they can't maybe it's something weird <laughs> like that yeah, well, they decide that, or either they get kicked out because <laughs> of last call, or they just decide to leave two hours before dawn, and they go ahead to Matt's apartment. Um, Matt's they're lucky. Matt's lucky that he's not the type of guy to give his friends a key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially considering probably the only two friends he has there. Well, one friend until like yesterday, right, or two days ago. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does make sense he wouldn't have he never would have given Karen the key, but it would make sense to give Foggy the key, right? Like, oh hey, just in case, you know, we're like best friends. Like if my place is on fire or something. Yeah. Although he's Daredevil, he could handle it. Yeah, that's true. It was probably his thinking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they go to the Matt's apartment and just yell and yell about how they drink the eel until a neighbor comes out and he's pissed off for them because it's like <laughs> four a.m. or something, mm-hmm. which is fair. Uh huh. Yeah. 
And then uh, we end with Foggy and Karen joking about being vigilantes and being heroes. Which is interesting, especially considering what their so-called friend is doing. <laughs> yeah, Sleeping in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's got to be like a normal-ish type of conversation that happens in the Marvel Universe, right? Like, you know, you have... Well, it's a normalish conversation we have in our universe because Marvel Universe <laughs> exists. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's it's got to be like, like if you live in a world where that is a, I don't want to say a normal thing, but it's been known to happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that that makes sense. Like, oh wow, what if, blah blah blah, was a hero or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> anything else about uh foggy and karen before we move on to the main storyline um no moving on <laughs> <laughs> and if that was too annoying you can edit that out tony <laughs> oh, i won't yeah that's fair so uh we start out with daredevil in a um dumpster uh, a place where we're more likely to find Spider-Man than Daredevil, but you know, <laughs> well, you know, when you've had too many to drink, you gotta gotta yeah. go somewhere. <laughs> um, so he doesn't. Contrary to what we saw last episode, he doesn't seem to be great at daredeviling. <laughs> at least he's not doing well <laughs> right now. Yeah, they do. They do explain it a little bit later, but um. But yeah, it's a very big contrast to the first episode. Yeah. Uh, luckily, he's found by a kid who happens to know a nurse and doesn't want to call the cops for this dying man in the dumpster. And yeah. also the kid was able to see blood and all that. Like, it wasn't that that bright over there, right? So Yeah, and he's wearing black. So, so. Yeah, so he, he looked in enough to, to <coughs> tell. Like it wasn't like yeah. oh it's just some drunk that's or homeless person asleep in a dumpster. No, it's someone in in actual pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's brought up to uh, Claire Temple, who is the other version of Coulson from Netflix. Hare and Barrett show up in all the shows <laughs> going forward. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah she was in Heroes for Hire number two that was her first issue, where she patched up Iron Fist back in nineteen seventy two. Uh, and she's played by Rosario Dawson, who has a couple of other comic book um, comic book credits to her name. In the Lego Batman movie, she plays Batgirl. And in oh, all that's the anim- voice. sorry, yeah. no, that was the- on. I had that on TV the other day. The the Lego Batman movie, and I was wondering why her voice mm-hmm. sounded so familiar. Okay, there, that explains it. Sorry to keep and interrupting since- you. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> there I go now. Yes. Um, damn it. <laughs> he, uh, she also uh, plays Wonder Woman in like every animated um, show since 2009. So every time Wonder Woman shows up since 2009, it's been her. Oh, cool. So anyway, she, um, she checks out his wounds, pulls off his mask, and realizes that he's blind because his eyes don't respond. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, eventually, 
uh, Matt wakes up. Mm-hmm. She, uh, <laughs> which is good. Shocker. Yeah, he's not dead. We're not. We did say last episode that this season only lasts one episode in twenty minutes, but this is much sadder than we thought it happened. Yeah. Um. She doesn't know what to call him because, uh, for obvious reasons, he doesn't want to give her his real name. Mm-hmm. So, so she decides to call him Matt. Mike. And the name, huh? She calls him Mike. Matt's Mike, his real name. Yeah, his yeah. real name is Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really good guess. It would be. Um, as soon as I heard the M, do, I was like, kind of hoping that that's what she says. But man, that would have been great. Oh well. Do you know the story about Mike Murdoch? I do, but only because I looked it up when I heard it in this episode right here. Yeah, yeah me too. Okay. <laughs> For our listeners, mm-hmm. I find it hilarious because in Daredevil 25, our trusty Peter Parker, Spider-Man, finds out his Matt Murdock's, uh is Daredevil. So he leaves a note saying, your secret save with me. And that's so... <laughs> And Foggy finds it. So to keep his secret identity um, hidden, Matt creates an imaginary twin named Mike Murdoch. <laughs> and he has to live three lives of Daredevil, Matt, and Mike. But eventually he gets too tired of living three lives, so he fakes Mike's death. <laughs> and all I can say is, God damn it, Spider-Man. <laughs> He's a menace. <laughs> so um when i was reading up on mike murdoch um mm-hmm. one of the things that that they had mentioned was that the part of that storyline when he was you know trying to act like mike murdoch uh they were trying to go for this like multiple personality type of storyline where he mm-hmm. actually had multiple personalities um then they ended up dropping that but i kind of wonder and i'm not too big on the history of it but uh kind of wonder if that like kind of led into the Moon Knight comic stuff because that's like one of his main things. He has multiple personalities and all the stuff, and he's an actual you know person with you know crazy issues yeah. and that kind of stuff. So um, I'm curious. I might have. I wonder when was Daredevil number twenty five out. I have absolutely no idea. The sixties. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'll just I'll just throw a decade out there. Let's just guess. You're what right. Nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then I'm also going to look when Moon Knight came out. Let's say late. Let's say early seventies. Seventy-two. Nineteen seventy-five. You were close. Ah, pretty close. I'll still take a few points. I'll take uh, five yeah. points. Five points, Hufflepuff. You take. <laughs> you take those five points, Hufflepuff. You need yes. It. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm up five. You still haven't gotten any, and we're like 82 episodes in. So, yeah. no, I've gotten <laughs> points for Slytherin. All right, fine. <laughs> I might have stolen them, but it's just, it's the Slytherin way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would not give this to Matt Mur- Mike Murdoch credit for inspiring Moon Knight because it's an eight year separation. Oh yeah, neither would I. I was just kind of curious if that was a like that. That's my first thought when I hear multiple personalities in a superhero. Yeah immediately jump to moon knight but uh okay yeah although now i'm thinking of typhoid mary too who i'm not gonna look up when she came out 
but she's a weirdo <laughs> villain with uh, multiple personalities. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. back to <laughs> to Mike Murdoch and Claire Temple, which Claire uh-huh. Temple is a really cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt uh, suddenly he's laying on his back and suddenly he can't breathe, probably because he's afraid of the dark and he's blind, so it's finally catching up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's some of his uh, like. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, and it's is probably his like Ninja Turtle roots are seeping in. You know, they're they're not good on their back. Oh, you're right. <laughs> well, he was never a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> he was near turtles. That's the connection. We don't know much about his teenage years. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? This could actually fit. Hold on, hold on. So turtles stay in there. I forget what the technical term is, but basically they stay Show. like teenage-ish, that kind of thing. So like adolescence. Uh, yeah, adolescence. They stay at that eight, like that body type for like decades like actual turtles so like you know their their first three lives they're like young and then they're basically teenagers for 50 years and then they're old for the last five years of their life so maybe this daredevil was Mm -hmm. kind of like that the chemicals did that to him and he was just a teenager for like 40 years and that's why (laughs) his um his childhood that they flash back to looks like it occurred in the 60s and 70s that makes terrible sense. I accept it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it canon approved. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, Matt's lung is collapsing. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Matt. <laughs> so he gets another uh, wound to the chest because Karen has to poke a hole in it. Claire? Karen, Claire. I'm going to do that a lot. Like, in my notes, I kept writing Karen and Claire mixed up. Ah, okay. To me. To make <laughs> sounds. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, as soon as that happens, uh, he kind of explains that the... Why... What happened to him to end up in that place was he followed those Russians who kidnapped the kid from the end of the last episode. And it was a trap for him. And the trap worked. Or nearly. No. <laughs> Um, and then he senses somebody is coming door to door, uh, because he can hear them and smell their cologne from like multiple floors. Which I guess, to be fair, he did say that the guy really liked that cologne. Yeah, it sounds like he bathes in it. <laughs> All right. So eventually the man arrives at the door and Matt decides he's going to put his mask on and get a knife and he's going to just kill the guy. Mm-hmm. Which Logical as conclusion. Far as I, yeah, I don't think Matt's a murderer yet, is he? No. Have we ever I seen mean, him kill somebody? Uh, we have not in the two episodes of this. I mean, I guess it's possible that that yeah. may have happened, maybe accidentally happened. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe the guy in the chair in that first fight scene in episode one, like, didn't know how to swim, so he drowned. That could have happened. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but I'm sure it's the same kid from the 1940s who knew how to swim when Cap thought he was drowning. So, oh, okay. It's probably him. Yeah. It's all connected. He also was a turtle <laughs> for a while. Everybody in the MCU was at once a turtle. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm not accepting that head cannon. Oh, fine. Fine. Uh. Well, anyway, uh, Claire decides to stop him from murdering this guy. And uh, she looks through the people, and it's a uh, NYPD officer. Um, she thinks she talks him out of coming in, saying, nope, they haven't seen no mass bad guys here. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, he doesn't believe her, which, what was the tip-off? I, you know, I looked for that, and I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I, I wonder I mean, if he had, if the cop, or fake cop, I don't even know if he's a real cop, but the mm-hmm. guy had already, um, had already talked to the kid who found uh, Matt earlier. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Or maybe he got some information from the other people he talked to, and they were like, maybe it was more than just the two of them that had seen Matt. So they were like, oh yeah, we saw someone over here, like this nurse lady who is here every so often. Um help to help them yeah yeah maybe it could make sense yeah well anyway matt can hear the non-nypd officer uh that he didn't believe her so he decides he's going to stand by the edge of the stairwell and hold this fire hydrant until the right perfect moment and just i would think knocks this guy like gives him a major concussion if not kills him with this fire hydrant yeah, because that was, like, how many floors? Right? At least like... three. Mm-hmm. And I have no <laughs> idea how heavy fire extinguishers are. But every time I pick one up, it's pretty heavy. It's it's, it's at least three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three what? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. Could be three times six. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Which unit of measurement? We don't know either. So. <laughs> nope. At least three. <laughs> At least three different units of measure. I agree. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what that would actually do to a human, but I feel like that person is lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't also, know how lucky he is after we see what happens to him in the next scene. That's, that's <laughs> true. But it's surprising, I guess, that, that the guy is alive. Um, also... That was really good uh, timing, I guess, for Daredevil in this scenario. Like, yeah. dropping it right on time. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's all in the hearing. What part of his superpowers is he using right there? I I, I don't know. I mean, He's I got guess an there's... excellent sense of time. <laughs> is it like an echolocation sort of thing? Like, I don't know if, if his powers really help there, right? Because, like... I mean, we've all played a video game where we had to get good timing on something. You know, mm-hmm. we messed up. Yeah. And, and we're able to see. <laughs> well, we, we rely on our vision too much. If I played video games without looking, I'd be a lot better. I, I, don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> kind of want to see you try it, though. <laughs> I'll try. I'll, I, I guess I'll try it. I don't know. All right. All right. So they bring him onto the roof. Um, they tie the guy to the water tower. I can't remember. How do they wake the guy up? I think they just wait. So what if he's in a coma now? 
Do they just oh. wait like weeks? Because <laughs> remember, they hit them really hard. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think maybe my assumption is that Claire looked at him, and she just knew he's not in a coma. Like I don't know how she would know this, but <laughs> I'm knows. guessing. Yeah, she's like, oh, I guess he's just asleep. Or okay. could Matt tell in some way? Because there was a point where Claire wasn't sure if he was like awake and faking it, and Daredevil well, was yeah, like, listening to his heartbeat or something. Matt could tell. I mean, you breathe differently when you're asleep, or I guess unconscious, compared to when you're awake. Mm-hmm. Your breathing rhythm. So yeah. I bet he could, and I bet his heartbeat would spike when he woke up and realized what was happening. Mm, that's a good. But point. that that does not predict when he will wake up. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Huh. yeah but I guess uh, got lucky. while yeah, while he's asleep, uh, Claire kind of confides in uh, Mike about why she's helping him. That uh, she's seen in the ER like people who have been helped or criminals who have been hurt by Daredevil, and she believes in what he's doing, kicking people's butt for the good of mankind. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, somehow, some way, the guy does wake up. Uh, Claire has a much more terrifying mask than um, Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we find out that the boy from the last episode's uh, still alive, but he'll probably be dead or sold soon. And then, yeah, that's basically um, what that guy is saying, yeah. Yeah. And then he's asking where he is, and the guy won't tell him. So Claire becomes a torturer. She doesn't actually do the torturing, but she tells Matt how to do the torture. Yeah, and so I didn't re- I didn't remember this scene like until oh, that part and I was like, "Oh, okay. So so she's like going to tell him what to do and he's going to like maybe start a little bit and then the guy is just going to be like, "No, he went all in." Like, "Oh." Yeah. That was that was rough. <laughs> There's Oh, I can't remember who it is. There's a famous scientist who decided to shove a spoon under his eye and uh, write down what was happening. Have you heard that story? No, I have not. Or maybe I have and <laughs> totally forgot, but I don't think I have. But his notes are like putting spoon a quarter of an inch into the eye, some slight pain, half an inch more, more pain, half an inch blind, more, blinding pain. The more my my left eye has gone black. I will stop until tomorrow or something like that. Oh, <laughs> oh God, why? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I mean, this is a bad podcasting, but I need to know who <laughs> that scientist is. God, they, I mean, I'm guessing they really needed the grant money. I I'm not too sure, but uh, um. Were they European? I'm guessing European. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> Scientist Spoon and I is not popping anything up on Google, but I know I've heard that story <laughs> before. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, if any of our uh, listeners know, please let us know. Now we're kind of curious. Send us a link yeah. or something. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, after Matt shoves this knife into this guy's eye, shockingly, he reveals where the boy is. 
And then um, he this guy uh, decides to taunt him after he finds out the kid will already be dead. You'll be a failure. Her mask is much cooler than yours. No, those type <laughs> of things. <laughs> <laughs> and so he decides, whoop, you're an asshole. I'm going to push you off the roof or drop you off the roof. And this time, um, the Falcon was not there to catch the guy. <laughs> so, so definitely much darker, a little closer to that rated R roots you were kind of talking about last week. Um, yeah. So after he does that, he kind of starts walking off and, and Claire was like freaking out, right? Because she just watched him murder a person. And he mm-hmm. was like, no, it's cool. He landed in the dumpster. It's not like full of pillows. It's <laughs> it's just metal instead of concrete. And it's still like 80 feet down. I don't know how many stories this is. Hey, Matt said he'll live. Doesn't mean he won't be paralyzed or severely brain damaged after at least two, three head injuries, counting the eye thing. That's 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 true. I mean, I'm not saying this guy didn't deserve it, but I I'm saying I don't know if that guy could live through this much. <laughs> yeah, he he's alive now. Uh huh. I mean, he'll be alive when when the <laughs> ambulance finds him tomorrow morning. So it's like um, it's like biblical rules for murder, right? It's it's not murder if they drown. And you were the one who pushed them. The sea is what actually killed them. So in this case, the dumpster is what actually killed this guy. Is that the rule in the Bible? Uh, I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that that type of stuff showed up in some stories. Okay. Um, there was one story. I don't know if it was actually in the Bible or just around that time frame. Like, mm-hmm. but there there was one story where this guy like uh, wanted to kill his wife and child and i think he locked them into some container and threw them in the ocean and it was like no no it's they didn't do it poseidon is something yeah something like that he was like no no no. poseidon obviously was the one who wanted them dead so something to that effect i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah i was thinking it's more like christian bale batman rules it was like i don't have to save i don't have to kill you (laughs) but i don't have to save you still feel like that's cheating on that kind of <laughs> those rules but okay it, all right that's it really is yeah <laughs> yeah well um daredevil tells claire to go somewhere else because he's still the not cop still called his friends so they know who was there mm-hmm. and if this guy doesn't die he knows who that was <laughs> and then we go to what i put in all caps the hallway scene Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is spoilers alert for not really a spoiler. This is actually the first of many Netflix hallway scenes, but I timed it. This is a five minute and four second uncut scene of Daredevil versus seven people. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, it it's it lives up to the hype. It is a really good scene. What do you think about this scene? Uh, you know, kind of one of the things that you said last week when we were talking about, like, it, whenever we see Daredevil fighting, it feels like we're seeing him fight, right? Like, it, it's mm-hmm. we, we have that kind of uh, satisfaction, I guess, of, uh, of that. And, like, 
we feel like it, it it really comes into play here during the scene like every punch uh and, and it's also a, a really big reminder that he is human because he is tired yeah. like halfway oh, yeah. through the fight um he, even the people well, he's, he's tired, tired. There. he's still got those <laughs> all those wounds and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah he just got over his concussion i guess or whatever else uh if the, i don't know if that breathing tube is still in his chest uh yeah. that claire put in there uh yeah no i mean this was i mean this was a great scene like it's um you know it, it's one of those things and I, I i've kind of complained about this in the past before about like superhero tv shows in general or really a lot of tv shows like season one or movie one or however it works is kind of realistic to a degree like maybe they'll try but then mm-hmm. next thing comes out and they got to one up the stuff before but there's maybe trying a little by the time we get to the third one, they like it's all right. It's too late. You just you got to go all out. No more realism at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then this one just feels really nice because it's it definitely has that trying to be real type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. But I I I like it. I really love this scene, and I uh, uh, I forgot how early into the season it was. Oh yeah, episode two <laughs> is surprising, but it really gets you on board for Daredevil. I mean, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to commit thirteen hours to the show if you're going to watch the whole thing. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, little highlights. I mean, we're not going to talk about the whole fight because we're bad at it. Mm-hmm. But I do like uh, the first door he goes into. One guy's armed. He, the door closes and he throws the guy out of the door, breaking the door, and the other guys run in. <laughs> and then he decides to throw a microwave at the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best part of that because <laughs> yeah. he's not expecting a microwave no one's expecting a microwave <laughs> it's like the Spanish Inquisition no one expects it well now everyone does it's, it's just... oh yeah thanks Monty Python you ruined yeah. it <laughs> but before that <laughs> yeah um yeah and well yeah he, he kicks seven guys asses and then just slowly gets up and he's actually decent enough he takes off his mask to not scare the child and he takes the child away and saves him and I guess just walks out the front door because he's not climbing with that kid (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that's the end of the episode yay woo alright so yay anything else Mm -hmm. Uh, I was really hoping you wouldn't call on me. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, you know, I've got nothing else. I mean, this was, I mean, overall, this was a really solid episode. Like I enjoyed it. Um, it feels like we didn't talk too much, but we're like an hour into the recording already, but I'm sure a part of that just has to do with the past. So many of our episodes have just been, we, we've had too much to say. Um, yeah, we haven't had uh, a yeah, regular no. episode for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. So. Um, all right. So I guess with that, let's go ahead and call it. So, um, all right, everyone, um, this has been, um, Daredevil season two, or sorry, not Daredevil season one, episode two, cut man. Uh, please, please join us next week when we will talk about episode three of Daredevil titled rabbit in a snowstorm. Um, and until then, uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at underscore rewind. It's not at, 
No, I just said MCU. the wrong name. We are at yeah at MCU underscore rewind. We are not MCU space rewind or MCU rewind. We are at MCU underscore rewind. Uh, and uh, please give us a five star rating on whichever app you give podcast ratings to or 10 star if those exist. I'm actually not sure. Everything I see is five star. But hey, five in all of them um, would be would be great and very much appreciated. And you can do that for other podcasts, too. You know, it doesn't have to be just us. But, you know, we would appreciate if you do that for us. That'd be great. Uh, Other than that, um, we will see you next time. This has been the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, signing off. Have a marvelous day. Francisco.